I've been gone for a minute, but I'm back with the jump off. Fupa Duper Fly Podcast. What's up, bitches? How y'all doing? Fupa Duper Fly Podcast with your host, Brock Hale Nelson. This podcast is for the big belly hoes, and I'm not talking about them bitches with a little pudge. I'm talking about the bitches who got that drop. We finna turn it out. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling sexy. Don't say I ain't never gave you hoes nothing. Yeah. So, um, ever, 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 ever. This is my November 2020. I'm just dumping shit in y'all lap. So bend over, touch your toes, and let's do this. Good morning. Saturday, November 7th, 9.29 a.m. And I'm sitting here eating cheesecake. Like a boss. Because <laughs> it's Saturday. I ain't got to go to work. And I ain't got shit to do. Other than to record all these motherfucking episodes that have been on my brain. Hold on, y'all. Alarm of my phone going off. Shush. 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 Mmm. Ooh, right back. So how is y'all people doing, you know? We already know that the orange guy, he's out. I know they want to count every vote, and I respect that. But I never watched as much CNN in my life. CNN... Has been my background noise, what I go to sleep in, and what I wake up to for like three days. But baby, right now, these old white folks is mad, baby. They are beside themselves, they are perturbed. Because I was at my job yesterday, and they were really turning up. This one lady, she called another um, young black woman. She called her a stupid idiot. And then when the store, the assistant store manager came, she called her stupid too. And the store manager sat there and allowed this woman to call her stupid, to call her and the black girl stupid and let that lady walk around and shop. And then she came and told me about it and she laughed. And I looked at her like, why is that funny? It's not funny to be called stupid and nobody should be called stupid. And when you reward 
when you reward bad behavior because you're scared of corporate, people are going to continue to do that. Even if I would have got in trouble, if I knew what was going on, I would have told lady, you have to leave. We're not going to serve you. I'm not serving you. We'll give you a refund, but you have to get out. Now, I don't give a fuck if you're mad that your candidate lost. You don't get to abuse people at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about when we're reflecting on this election and who did the work, who got the glory, and what's going to happen in the future. There's a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to talk about Kamala. And we're going to talk about Stacey. We're going to talk about the Democrats as a whole. We're going to talk about other minority groups and how they voted and what that means. We're going to talk about what, how we voted, black people, how we voted. And what that means. So, like I always do, I'm going to try to freak this nice and slow. And as you always do, you're going to have to bend over, touch your toe, or grab your ankles. Because I'm finna eat this cheesecake and we finna go on a ride. Black women, black femmes, we did it again. We saved the world again. Even though the world doesn't need saving. Even though we really are the ones that need to be saved. We really are the ones that deserve the flowers. We really are the ones that deserve all the pop and circumstance, but we don't get it. We saved the world again. 91% of black women who voted, voted blue, voted dim. 91%. Mm-hmm. 18% of black men voted for the orange guy. People can say, well, as long as over 50% voted, you can't really look at it like that. And you can look at it with the glass half full instead of half empty. But I'm choosing to look at it on a realistic level and express how I truly feel about the 18%. As I've said in a previous episode, If it were up to black men and if the Republican Party wasn't so overtly racist, more black men would be Republicans because they don't want they don't like the idea of welfare because they can't really get it. 
they don't like abortions because they want women to suffer. And they really don't like freedom. Not even for themselves. I'm starting to come to that conclusion. So, you know, I don't want to act like Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and 50 Cent are representative of a whole community because they're not. However, they offer you a lens inside of the black American male's mind. And Ice Cube, I I have to find um, what that dumbass tweeted. Ice Cube's tweets. He says something along the lines of, Y'all want to call me a sellout, but I was, I sat down at the table and I presented the platinum plan and he was going to give us $1 trillion. I was trying. You weren't trying, baby. If he's not even going to give his base, which are the very uneducated and the very poor white male, why would he think to give the black community even a thousand dollars, bitch? Bitch, that man wasn't even gonna give us five dollars. He wouldn't even give us five dollars. And you know, I think, I think, I think Ice Cube is spiraling because I'm on his Twitter right now, and I just feel like I feel like deep down. He feels so ashamed of what he does. And I do believe that he realizes that he was played. He was played so that Trump could, you know, say, well, listen, um, I am involved with the black community. Listen, I wouldn't go sit down with Ice Cube. And now he's realizing that he's been played. So he's trying to attack other black people. Instead of admitting that he was wrong as fuck for what he did. So on November 1st, he tweeted, When you remain neutral and independent, both sides will claim you and reject you. It brings much clarity for you to move accordingly. Girl, shut the fuck up. You was worried about rich niggas. You was worried about rich niggas. And also on November 1st, he posted a picture. He says, in 1865, we own 0.5% of America. In 2020, we own 0.5% of America. Enjoy your day. So your platinum plan was supposed to get us to own. This is the thing. With all these black people who have money, like all the Atlantas and the Baldwin Hills of the world, why can't you all sit down and y'all come together and y'all have a platinum plan for the black community? Why don't y'all pull y'all money together? Why are y'all always trying to go sit at the table with the white people? Why are you always trying to be a devil's advocate? Why are you guys not using your money to help the black community? Because I'll tell you why. Rich black people, they're not going to save us just like the system is not going to save us. So I don't want none of you niggas sitting down to talk about a bullshit-ass plan when the bullshit-ass plan doesn't really cover these poor people, the people who need it the most. You don't even include the, the, the poor people or the other marginalized groups who, in your conversation, 
because if the person is not um doesn't fit into cis heteronormative cis a cis hetero profile, you don't even care about them. He's just a mess. Just looking at his face is a mess. Anyway, back to the black queens. If you know what I mean. We did it. We did it. I want to play my black queens. A song. To express. To express. How I feel about you guys. Shout out to Stacey Abrams and all the black women who work on this election. Despite all the hardships we face as black women, I would never, if I had a choice to come back as somebody else, I would choose to come back as nothing but a black woman. So from the bottom of my heart, for the 91% of the black women that did their thing, for the black women in Wayne County, for the black women in Georgia, in Clayton County, in DeKalb County, in Fulton County, uh, the black woman in Maryland, the black woman in Cali, the black woman in New York City. My hat is off to you. Once again, we swooped in and saved the motherfucking day, even though these motherfuckers don't deserve it. Georgia said they ain't coming to play around with you hoes. Georgia said, let me flip it and reverse it. 
Georgia said we tired of the bullshit. It's been 28 years too long. Georgia said ain't no thing but a chicken wing. We having a smoke out in the dungeon smoking Mary Jane. But Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams, she said, oh, I, I lost the governor's race in 2018. Hold my coat. Stacey Abrams, thank you so much. Um, I don't want this election to pass without us giving this woman her flowers. She did an amazing job in Georgia. Um, she helped register over 800,000 new Georgia voters. Just amazing. Just amazing. And she carries herself with so much grace and so much sophistication. And, you know, she's so good for our imagery as black women. She's so good for our, our imagery as black femmes. You know, you have a fat, dark-skinned woman with a gap in natural hair on TV, and she's doing the type of work that she's doing. That's just amazing. It's inspiring to me. And I hope it's inspiring to any little fat black girls out there. I really do. But as thinking individuals, we always have to have conversations. and We always have to, to look at things in different angles. So as you know, as, um, as great as Stacey Abrams is, then we have Kamala Harris being elected as vice president, the first half black woman to ever become vice president of the United States. We have to have the conversation. As you know, uh, Stacey Abrams and Kamala were, I guess, competing to be Joe Biden's VP. And Stacey Abrams was really out there getting her face out there, getting her name out there, telling what what kind of work that she wanted to do and what she believed in and what she felt the country needed. And I'm assuming that Kamala did the same. But not only did Joe not pick Stacey Abrams, but he told her the news on national TV. And God damn it, if I can't relate to that, I can relate to that so much. Not the whole national TV thing, but it's just that um, I've definitely been in a position where somebody has told me some devastating news or some unsavory news in such an unprofessional way that it's just like, wow. And you just got to sit there and try to be professional and try to eat it. But in your deeper, in your heart of hearts, and in the back of your mind, you're like, yo, this is fucked up. It's happened to me, and it's happened to some of my homegirls. So I was scrolling on Facebook yesterday, and I came across a black woman named Candace Bimbo. I hope I'm saying her name right. Candace with a C, if you guys want to. Hit her up on Facebook. So Candace said, as happy as I am right now, I'm loving the fact that there are sisters rightly calling out the colorism and fat phobia that has Stacey doing all the work 
and Kamala getting the number two spot. That conversation must take place. Of course, I instantly hit the share button because I said, yes, let's talk about it because that's true. Stacy did the work. Let me tell you something. Um, like I said, Georgia hasn't been blue since they elected Clinton in 1992. So as long as I've been alive, Georgia has always voted red. From all of what people from Georgia have told me, outside of Atlanta and Decatur or certain black areas that's kind of like, I guess, in the center of Georgia, that Georgia is still very conservative and very white. So, you know, I think that because of social media and our culture, we assume that Georgia is Atlanta. Georgia is Decatur. Georgia is Stone Mountain. And that's just supposed to be one of the most blackest liberal places, but it's not. People also have to understand that although there are black people, there are conservative black people that exist. There are. So that too. However, there are a lot of people in the comments that were essentially saying, not now. Why can't we just celebrate this moment? Why can't we just celebrate two black women? Why are you reaching like this? And honestly, at this, <laughs> at this stage in my life, I'm not surprised. People never want to have the conversations that are important. Especially when those conversations will force people to examine how they view certain kinds of people. I'm going to tell you what I said. If I can find what I said. Because I was on the way to work, so I couldn't go in like I wanted to. But I just put something cute and sweet. And I wanna I wanna say that the older I get, the more I just don't engage in back and forth online. Like I say what the fuck I have to say, and then I go on about my business because I don't have the time. And I'm not about to give you any of my fucking intellectual labor by hitting your ass with fit it X. I told y'all I need to take some day quill and hit some weed. Or maybe the spirit of this snot will get on about me. So I said to all those comments, he not now. Yes, now it's important now because it was important then and it will be important in the future. If not now, when? So. You know how as black women. When we talk about race. Everybody can have the same. Consensus when all black people, when we talk about race. We talk about us versus them, them being anybody who's not black. We can all come to a consensus about race. We can all agree on race. We can all say, you know what? That's a really intellectual point. That's a really intellectual point. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And it, it's come so commonplace, especially, you know, over the past 50 years. For us to sit down and talk about race. And especially it's so funny because I was, um, I researched, I went on YouTube and I typed in the night that 
President Obama got elected in 2008. Because I was in high school, I couldn't vote. I was like seven, I was like 16 years old. So I couldn't vote. But I just wanted to see how people responded that night all over the world, including, you know, the United States and Kenya and blah, 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 blah. And what type of things that people were saying? People were saying, now when a young person, a young black person says, I want to be president of the United States, I can tell them that that's a realistic goal. Some people were saying, we did it. I never thought that I would see this in my lifetime. Some people were saying, this makes me have hope in America. Racism dies tonight. We did it. We came together. There should be no more division. We're moving into a post-racial society. I remember being in high school and I was, I believe I was in the, uh, I was in like either the 10th or the 11th grade. I think I was in the 11th grade. and. The next day we was having a conversation and this white girl was like, now we live in a post-racial society. And even back then I was like, no, we're not. This doesn't mean that racism ends. And 2008 was 12 years ago. I honestly have experienced more racism in 12 years and I've seen it than I did in the, the years prior. A lot of very overtly racist things have happened. A lot of really Big events, big murders, big acts of police brutality have occurred in the past 12 years. So no, because Obama got elected president not once but twice, it didn't mean that we moved into a post-racial society. But let me not blabber. Black people could come together. We can all have the general consensus about race and it's fine. But when black women want to talk about how black men harm them and the sexism and the misogynoir that black women commit against them, then they say, oh no, we don't want to talk about that. The black man has to get free first, and then the black woman, and then the black child, da, 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 da. and we hate them for that. So then, when we talk about when we're talking about black women things, and we're talking about black women, we are the least protected person in America, and we always talk about that Malcolm X quote, and so on and such. But we don't want to really talk about colorism. We're still having a very hard time talking about colorism and more so we're having an even harder time talking about fat phobia. (sighs) Fat phobia means that you're scared of fat people. Fat phobia means that you're scared of fat imagery. Fat phobia means that you are scared of fat people having the same opportunities, being dealt the same flowers, having the same advantages that light-skinned women have or thin women have. Thin women. Thin women. Stacey Abrams is very educated and she's done the work. And in this case, she did the work that it not only won Biden the presidency, she made history. She was a part of making history. She didn't go hide in the shadows. She lost the governor's race in 2018 and she said, okay, but I got a trick for that ass. And a lot of people probably, they didn't see her vision back then. They probably didn't care about her vision back then because 
we didn't know that in 2020, all of these things were going to happen. We knew that Trump was bad, but we didn't know how diabolical this nigga was. We knew that he was crazy, but we didn't know how diabolical and how heartless he was. We didn't know that Biden was going to run for president either. And this woman, she stayed low and she stayed down and she did what the fuck she had to do. But now all the important work has been done. Honestly, I don't know what Kamala Harris has done yet. I haven't seen what she's done. I haven't heard what she's done. I don't know what she's done. I'm not saying she's not going to do anything. I'm not even going to say that she doesn't deserve the position that she's gotten. But um, what I am saying, as what Candace has said, is all too common for the dark-skinned fat woman to have done the work and for the light-skinned thin woman to get all the glory. And that's all we're trying to say. And we're not just trying to say that. We're trying to discuss it. We have to realize that we have to have these type of conversations because a lot of us, and I mean a lot of us, even us who are fat ourselves, who may be dark skin ourselves, we perpetuate the same shit. We perpetuate the same shit in our own lives towards the people in our lives. We have to realize that more than anything, I definitely believe that Biden's motivation for picking who he picked as his VP was definitely based on looks and that had fat phobia and colorism intertwined in that. And if you don't want to acknowledge that and you just want me to just celebrate black women and I do celebrate all black women, but we got to have the conversation. Have the conversation. And you might are going to hear some things that make you uncomfortable. It's okay. It's uncom- It's okay to have conversations where you're uncomfortable. Because at the end of the conversation, you have to take in what made you uncomfortable. And you have to break that shit down. And you have to, re- you have to ask yourself, why does this make me uncomfortable? And am I perpetuating the things that made me uncomfortable? And hopefully you are mature enough and you are intellectual enough And even if you're not intellectual enough, you are intellectual enough to go find somebody who is intellectual, who does have the range to break it down for you so that you can stop doing that shit. Dark skin, fat women with natural hair and gaps in their mouth, they matter and they deserve the fucking glory. And I want that woman to get what's hers. So let's talk about Cubans because um, a couple days ago when they started to count the votes, the first, you know, um, election night, and they were counting Florida. And the assumption was that the Miami-Dade area was going to be blue. I'm um, assuming that it's been historically or usually blue and that it went red. And one of the large benefactors of why it went red is because of Cubans voting for Trump. And a lot of people were like, how could Cubans do that? Um, He doesn't like them either. They're people of color. And voting for him 
is not in their best interest. Funny enough, um, this past Sunday, I was at work in the break room having lunch and CNN was on. And they were in Hallelujah, Florida, which is essentially like Little Havana or Cuba all over again. And all the Cubans and all the Venezuelans were in line. They had red tops on and they were voting for Trump. Or they were saying they were going to vote for Trump or or vote Republican. And I asked a co-worker of mine who's Hispanic, Latino, whatever. I said, why are so many Latinos voting red, voting Republican? endorsing Trump. And he says, well, in a lot of Latin countries, our leaders are corrupt. They take money, they take bribes, they don't do anything for the common people. When we come to this country, we're already familiar with that. So in our opinion, As long as they're not as corrupt as what we left, we're okay with that. Now, I wanted to follow up that question with, but this leader, he's not going to do anything for you either. But I just decided to leave it alone because there were obvious language barriers and cultural barriers between us. And I simply wouldn't understand being a black woman and being in the position where black women have essentially saved the world time and time and time again. And we, sometimes we don't even vote in our best interest, not saying that anything Republican, conservative, or Trump um, is our best interest, but I'm just talking about in general. We are always looking to help other marginalized groups. So I came to the conclusion, me, how I feel about Cubans, Venezuelans, and in general, Hispanic or Latino people voting for Trump. I, it is annoying, but I don't care because I am not a part of those groups. And as a black woman, I put down my marching boots and I put down my Captain Save-A-Hole cap back in 2014 when I truly, truly realized that Uh, There is no other group that exists that will do the type of things that black women have done for other marginalized groups. I, so I, I don't care for me as a black woman, I will always be an advocate for gay rights, for trans rights, for queer rights, because there are gay, trans and queer black women. I will always want disabled people to have their full humanity, their full constitutional rights, uh, media representation and wholeness because there are black disabled women. I will always go up for poor people and working class people because I am poor. I am working class. If you uh, want to talk about how much money you make and your collateral and all that bullshit. But because there are poor black women. 
But I am not concerned with how other minority groups are moving out in this streets or out in the world. Because you know what? Just as they are so arrogantly believing that they're winning now, they will lose later. And when they lose, they will come running back to not the black community as a whole, not black men. Black men can't save them. Black men won't save them. But if there were somebody to be saved, I think black men would go out of their way to save them before they would save us. But black women, you ain't going to be able to pay me to care about something that doesn't involve black women. Now, let's be understood. When I say black women, I am fully inclusive of Afro-Latinas who are actually black, who claim it, and who stand in it. I understand that all Latinos, Hispanics are not white adjacent. There are black Cubans. There are black Venezuelans. There are black El Salvadorians. There are black Mexicans. There are black Puerto Ricans. There are black Dominicans. But essentially where I'm at with it is, bitch, if you ain't down with the squad and you ain't down with the squad right now and you ain't shouting that shit loud from the rooftops, it's a fuck you. It's a fuck you. I don't have time for these white adjacent Latinos who essentially, they are lost. I would say that a lot of them are operating from a very uneducated place. And for that, I feel some type of sympathy for them because I understand the way a socialization works. And I understand the way indoctrination works. And I think a lot of them don't have the education on why they should be doing this rather than that. But I'm not giving any emotional labor. I'm not giving any intellectual labor on that for them. They're going to have to fall flat on their ass and get dragged from the Ruta to the Tuta in order to say, you know what, this is enough and learn that. There are stratified societies all over the world. I think that it would be very impossible for all people of color to really get it, but I don't believe that it's black women's responsibility anymore. So to the Cubans in Hialeah, Florida and Miami and in in Dade County, all over the United States to to the 70% of Latinas and Hispanic uh, women who voted red. And to the 61% of Latino men or Hispanic males who voted red. And to the 70% of Native Americans and Pacific Islanders who voted red. You on your own. You are on your own. I don't care. Don't come banging on my dough. Just like when you were a little kid, when your mom or your grandmom or whoever took care of you said, stop running 
in and out of my goddamn door. It's over. The door is locked. It's padlocked. I got three doors. I close that door, then I close another door, and I close another door, and it's over. I kiki key. Money ain't a thing. Throw it out like rice. Been around the world, cop the same thing twice. I just wanted to say that because I love Little Kim, and the jump off is just like my goddamn song. Ah, oh, she said I've been going for a minute. Now I'm back with the jump off. Goons in the club, case something jump off. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is what I what I personally want. For the next four years from Joe and Kamala. Now, I'm not saying these things are going to happen, but I am going to say these are the things that I want. I'll try to make this as brief as possible because I don't want to get too lengthy. Number one, we need to keep women's reproductive rights intact abortions need to continue to be legal and they need to continue to be accessible for whoever wants to use them whether you are 16 years old whether you are 36 years old but to add on to that i definitely think and i don't know what type of legislation that can be done for this. We need to accept the women who don't want to have children. And we need to trust that they know what they want to do with their bodies or not do with their bodies. And I shouldn't have to keep being on birth control. I already know what I don't want and I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to adopt. I don't want to have children. I don't want to be pregnant. And I don't want to have to keep buying health insurance because I want to get birth control. If I walk into an OBGYN or a doctor and say, hey, I'm 24 years old and I want to get my tubes tied, that should be able to happen. Number two, we need to fix this housing issue. Now, I know, um, you know, housing and affordable housing that is more so on like a state local level but there needs to be some federal legislation that has some motherfucking rent control because we can't talk about reducing the wealth gap if housing is the way it is you have people being displaced you have people saying I've lived, me and my family have lived here for 40, 50, 60 years, but now I got to move somewhere that I don't want to move because I can no longer afford to live here. Nobody should work a full-time job and not be able to afford a place in where they live. I don't care about the population density. I don't care about the neighborhood. We need some um, low-cost, luxury, affordable housing. Yes, it can be luxury and low-cost. Quiet as is kept. All this high-cost luxury housing, the materials ain't shit. The amenities ain't shit. They didn't build your... If, listen, if you move into an apartment building and your shit ain't built with brick, your, your apartment building ain't shit. 
housing insecurity is one of the biggest problems that we're dealing with in the 21st century. And they need to sit at a motherfucking table and they need to get the shit fixed. Number three, student loans, abolish them. Everybody who has student loan debt, it needs to be wiped clean. We are putting our young people in the worst economic position by saddling them with debt. We tell them to go to school and get an education so they can come out of school and get a job. But then they have to spend their whole lives paying off loans. Fucking up their credit. And if they don't have the luxury of having parents that will help them, they're going to be really fucked. All community college needs to be free. Nobody should have to pay to go to community college. That's A. B, student loans shouldn't be necessary because school should be either free or it should be so motherfucking low cost that a motherfucker can go work a job in the summer, just like they used to do in the 70s, and pay for their whole school tuition. I know it won't happen, but that's what I want. But even if at the end of four years, if all community college can be free, that would be wonderful. That would just be marvelous because I don't have anything against community college. I think community college, it actually, it humbles you and it makes you understand that school is a business. But then you really understand that school is a business. It's not a place that fosters critical thinkers or it's not really a place for learning. It's a very stressful situation, especially for poor people. And then half the goddamn time you get out of school, you ain't making no money. You can't even do shit with your degree. Because once niggas start getting hella bachelor's degree, they said, oh, no, you got to have a master's degree. But then you have got to have 10 years experience. But we only going to pay you $15.50 an hour. You see how they house and shit and that school shit is intertwined? Because the first thing that you think about when you graduate from college is, I need this amount of money so I can have this type of lifestyle. But you spend the first 10 years of your motherfucking career still living like a college student. Let's not do that. Let's change that. Number four, open up that sale and let everybody that was convicted of possession of marijuana, let them out. Even if you was convicted of selling that Mary Jane, let them out. Let them out. Let them out. You know why? It's because now weed is it's not taboo anymore. Weed is being decriminalized all over the United States. Weed is on, it, it carries whole magazines. Time Magazine, Life Magazine, Marijuana, Cannabis. In D.C., they just decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. In Oregon, they decriminalize marijuana, cocaine, methamphetamines, heroin, all the drugs. Only thing that needs to be abolished is to that goddamn K2. That K2 is, that ain't, that is of the devil. But I just find it funny that how a certain group is now profiting off of the weed, it's okay now. But when weed was a black like this thing, we wanted to lock all the black like this people up. 
Let them out. We ain't never hurt nobody. We ain't never hurt nobody. We definitely ain't hurt me. Weed has been good to me. Number five, fix these goddamn schools. Fix the school. Fix the education system. We need to get rid of ACT. We need to get rid of SAT. We need to acknowledge that there is more than one learning style. And schools have to reflect that. And they have to cater to different learning styles. Even if it's, oh, if you're in this classroom, this is the way you learn. And if you're in this classroom, this is the way you learn. Because what happens is this. As the school system and as the educational system is set up now, it's all about teaching to test. To the point where these goddamn kids, they don't know how to add two plus two unless it's a calculator in front of them. And I don't blame the teachers because the teachers, they have to teach what the curriculum is. They go to school for however many years to go to school. They go with their license. They're here to change the world. But the American education system says, uh-uh, you're going to teach to test. Standardized testing is not a true measure of intellect. We have to sit down. We have to have some serious conversations about education. And just because you attend a public school in an inner city does not mean that you should not get a quality education. So Big Biden and Lil Kamala, that's what I want. Okay, fix the educational system, create low cost, luxury, affordable housing. Let's fix this housing issue. Keep women's reproductive rights intact. And let's actually expound on that. Let all the weed out of jail. Let all them them weed dealers out of jail. Let all them weed smokers out of jail. And that's all I got. But before I go, I got to leave y'all with a little something, something. Y'all better keep rolling with my ass because I got another episode for you. For everybody who voted in the 2020 election, thank you. For the 91% of black women that did the motherfucking thing, thank you. For Stacey Abrams and all them niggas up in Georgia and Detroit, thank you. And I'm out.